Welcome to Unfuck Your Brain, the only podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, feminism, and coaching to rewire your brain and get what you want in life. And now here's your host, Harvard Law School grad, feminist rock star, and master coach, Kara Lowenthal. Hello, my chickens. So March, I think we can all agree, was approximately 37 years long. (laughs) Really much longer than it needed to be, but it did finally end. And with the arrival of April comes not only tourist season, it's my birthday this month, although it's I like feel like I've lost all track of time in our new world, but the one year anniversary of The Clutch, which I will never lose track of. You know, I have loved every program I've ever created as a coach, but I have to say that The Clutch may be my favorite thing that I have ever done. And here's why and how it's related to this episode. You all hear me talk about my progress and change and transformation with thought work all the time. And I know that, you know, for some of you and I hear from you and it's that that's super inspiring and you see possibilities for yourself, which is always my goal with talking about what I have accomplished or created in the world is to show you what's possible when you manage your mind and to inspire you to do even better things than I have done with managing my mind or even crazier, amazing things. But I know that for some of you, your brain's default is just to think that things aren't possible for you. And so your brain deals with that cognitive dissonance, right, where you kind of can see the value of thought work and you want to believe it works, but then your brain also believes you can't change. And then there's this conflict between those beliefs. And some of you unconsciously resolve that by thinking that there's something special about me or that you could never do what I've done or that I don't struggle or that I can do it because of whatever, right? Like your brain will come up with anything. The school I went to, what color my hair is, (laughs) like whatever it is. And I know that that's not true, right? Because I have so many students and clients who have used this work to change their lives in such amazing ways. And so what I want to do in honor of the anniversary of The Clutch is have some of my amazing students on the podcast to talk to you about their work, what they've learned, what they have kind of distilled as takeaways that will be helpful to you all who are listening, like all of their lessons learned and their best thought work they've done and kind of give you guys both kind of concrete tips on what they've learned, but also inspire you by showing you what is really possible with this work. So these are all students of mine who joined the clutch a year ago and who have seen huge transformations in their lives. Now, The Clutch is not a one-year coaching program. It's monthly, you sign up. I hope and have so far I'm seeing some people will stay longer than a year, some people stay less than a year, but I always say that like a year is a good amount of time to think about to really see like full life transformation. You will 100% see progress and change much sooner than that and it's not required to stay a year, but I think in a year is where you can kind of look around your life and be like, wow, this is completely different, right? So, and because it's the anniversary, it just seemed like the perfect kind of moment. So I'm going to have them share their stories, their self-coaching, what they've worked on, how they changed it, what thoughts have worked for them. I think these interviews are going to be so, so valuable for you guys, and there's so much learning. And you know, you hear the way I explain things all the time, 
but everyone explains things a little bit differently. And so I think hearing these couple, I think we're doing four over the next couple of episodes, these four students of mine really talk in their own ways about what has changed for them and how they've evolved and transformed and like what was challenging and what was fun and what was surprising. I you think you guys are going to learn so much. I'm so grateful that they were willing to share their stories with you. So today we are going to hear from two of them and we're going to be talking about, we're always talking about thought work in general and the process and your relationship with yourself. But then we're also going to be diving some into body image work and parenting work and how my students are using these tools to cope with the current global situation. So I feel like the MC of a talent show, but without further ado, <laughs> let me introduce you to Bessie and Elizabeth, and you are going to hear our conversations. And I think these conversations are so rich and interesting and fun. I cannot wait for you guys to get to eavesdrop on them. So let's take it away. Hi, Bessie. Why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself, just so we know who we're talking to. All right. My name is Bessie. I uh, live in Toronto with my partner and my daughter. I am 44 years old, and I am uh, I'm a recovering academic, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> you are not alone, my friend. Me too, and I think a lot of others. Also, you guys can't see it, but Bessie has amazing eyebrows, so... Uh. <laughs> Just so you in their know. natural state. <laughs> uh, we're all we're all going oh natural these days. We're all in our natural state. So tell me a little bit about why you joined the clutch. Was there something specific that you wanted to work on or kind of what brought you to it? So I, I found the podcast and it clicked with me right away. I was looking to make a change. It was going to be a big change in my circumstances, but I could sense already that it was not going to change my thoughts. Uh -huh. and I wanted it to. <laughs> so I was kind of primed and ready to find something to help mm -hmm. me with that. The podcast was like, it was like, like I was walking around with a brain exploding emoji <laughs> over my head for... And I still am, actually. <laughs> so then I, did, I was listening to the podcast, and then I did the Creating Confidence boot camp, and then mm. I got the news about the clutch, and I was like, yes, more. I just want more. Give me more. Because I, was, I, had, a, I had a lot of issues with my self-worth is what really was, mm -hmm. uh, was holding me back and what I wanted to change and be able to think about differently. I didn't want to stay in the same place that I had been and, mm -hmm. and then have the circumstance change and still be doing the same stuff in my head. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to kind of take advantage of a change in my external life to make a change internally so that I could do what I wanted to do. I've been miserable for in my professional life for years. So mm -hmm. um, I wanted to do things differently. <laughs> yeah, totally. So tell us what was your sort of self-esteem or self-worth like before you joined the clutch? If that's the area you identified. So... I probably would have identified myself as kind of like a shy and insecure and moody person for my whole life and introverted, but I had been struggling to just, uh, to finish my dissertation for years. And I had been telling, I just had been talking, I was so nasty to myself and I had been really talking mm -hmm. in a horrible way to myself for many years. And I had really gotten kind of like deep into that low self-esteem area. And I just was telling myself that I was worthless all the time. So when I thought about finishing my dissertation or doing something different afterwards, it wasn't super <laughs> exciting. It was just yeah. so when you stuff. tell yourself you're worthless, it's hard to get excited about your own future, I think. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So tell us kind of what did you see your experience as your biggest victory in that area? Or just what changes have you seen? Like what has the process been like for you? 
So definitely baby steps. I mean, as I said, I was looking for a change. So the idea that I could actually do it myself, that I wasn't broken. I didn't have to like mm-hmm. find some deep, dark secret and reveal it. And then mm-hmm. I could fix myself. <laughs> like, still rooting around in there for that deep, dark secret. That's exactly. Not, like, explain it all. Yes. Yes. And if I could just find it and I, it, you know, I was in that cycle. I think a lot of chickens are familiar with mm-hmm. the, uh, like the self-judgment and then, oh, the judgment isn't helping. So I just should mm-hmm. judge myself about the judgment because mm-hmm. that will feel better. <laughs> right. Very helpful. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this, I actually, these thoughts, like the idea that the thoughts didn't mean anything and that I didn't have to figure out if they were true or not, or why I was having them or any of that mm-hmm. was like such, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this changes everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was the beginning. I was like, definitely like, I was like that it took such a load off already, but then, mm-hmm. then I had to practice a lot, but it, I don't think if you had told me when I started like the clutch, even after I done the you know a little bit of work already if you told me that I would be nice to myself and supportive of myself and encourage myself and Mm -hmm. like not be mean to myself when I messed up I would not have believed that that was possible I love that what did you used to say to yourself if you made a mistake or messed up and what do you say to yourself now I was so mean and I would go back into all the normal like all the regular stuff that I was saying to myself anyway like I didn't really need an excuse to be right Right. But if I messed up, it was just like, oh my so you're right. You really you are a big waste of space. Like this is mm. this is it. I don't know why anybody loves you. Probably your family is gonna leave you and you're making them all miserable, so you're ruining their lives and like you know, wow. on and on. Like a yeah. lot of mean stuff. And then I'm like, you know what? We're all human. It's okay. What can I learn from this? Oh my God. I, even just that is everything, right? Being able to be like, oh, I'm a human. It's okay to have my experience yeah. versus not only am I a waste of space, but I'm ruining everybody else's life. That's the real. <laughs> Your brain was like, all of it. You're responsible for all the bad things in the world. Yeah. Is there anything that you can think of that surprised you about this journey? Anything unexpected you discovered through being coached or doing your own work? So I thought about this question is kind of because in a way, everything has surprised me. I really like it opened up a whole new way of thinking for me. And every day I was like, what? I mean, I don't have to believe that either. Really? (laughs) I get to decide myself and I know how to do that. It was like, so in that, in that way, everything was surprising, but also made so much sense that it didn't seem, it was kind of interesting how that worked. Um, Something that actually did surprise me a lot was, it's kind of a little thing, it's a funny thing, but it's super fun to enjoy, was how much just making the commitment to go to Clutch College, even though Mm -hmm. COVID-19, just made me feel so proud and good about myself, Mm -hmm. that I could make that investment in myself. And that, I was like, whoa, I just, you know, like I, I... like nothing has happened. I just made this decision, but yet I feel like someone who invests in herself because I did, but I am. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's like the benefits can start. I think that happens with the clutch too. Like people yeah. in, decide to invest themselves and they already start taking their own lives more seriously yeah. right before they've even done. It's almost like a placebo effect. It's like they haven't even done the work yet, but they're already like, oh, okay. Like I'm worth it. I love that. And we are totally going to have that clutch college. I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> we can reschedule it. <laughs> I'm actually interested because I don't think, have I ever coached you live? I don't think You so. coached me live once, but okay. the camera didn't work. Oh, that's why. So okay. that called, it was a clutch silver call. Yeah. Yeah, but I I bring that up because I think it's amazing. Like you've done all of this work over the year. You've only been coached live by me once, right? It's like all the work that you did on your own is what has created this change along obviously with like the tools and the support and the other coaches, but 
I just think that's like, people think that like I have the answer and just the, right? That like however much the progress they can get is in direct correlation to how much they can speak to me. And when of course that has like nothing to do with it, right? Yeah. Of course, it's the tools of the learning and getting coaching yeah. and the written coaching. Yeah, seeing but, the coaching is like, yeah. always amazing and helps me so much figure out like, oh yes, I'm doing that too. Like these are better <laughs> right. questions that I can ask myself. <laughs> yeah, everybody's brains are the same. I know you've done some thought work on your parenting. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like you say, in one area, things in one area are kind of the same in other areas. Mm. But so with parenting, I had, I was all invested, like my, my, that my kid's behavior reflected on me. And if I couldn't get her to do what I wanted or what I thought was best for her, she was unhappy. Then that meant that I was a bad mom. Mm -hmm. So that is not a good feeling about No, it's not. (laughs) Children are so easily controllable. It's so easy to make children do exactly what you want. So it's a great (laughs) system. It's super, super, super effective. Yeah. And I was like, I hate, I also like, I really was bad at holding space for her to have the full range of human emotions. Like I was like, oh my gosh, you're struggling. This is terrible. We have to fix this right away. And that was a super ineffective and uncomfortable mm-hmm. way to parent. Also, and like, I kind of like, I had a sense like, you know, it wasn't like we were always at loggerheads and screaming mm-hmm. at each other, but I didn't really know how to deal with conflict. And as I said, I was just uncomfortable with uh, with her full range of emotions and how to be there for her. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I start started to see how I was making things personal and just like move away from that, big changes happened already. Because I'm like, oh, this is just okay. Like, how can I focus on you? What's going on with you? What's mm-hmm. why? Are, why is this happening in your mind? Not you're not doing what I want. I'm a bad person. This has to stop. <laughs> There's a huge, huge difference. So I'm much less reactive. I'm much less rigid. I'm much more curious about her experience. And I'm just much more comfortable with emotions. Hers yeah, and I would right. I was going to say, I think that goes together, right? It's like yeah. the more that we learn to be willing to have the full range of emotions ourselves, the more we're like, oh, it's okay for other humans to do that also. Yeah. Right. It's like when we think a negative emotion is a disaster, that's when we're like, oh my God, no one else can have one either. I need to make sure no one ever has one. Right. Totally. So I'm curious, we are recording this in the the era of COVID-19. And so I'm curious how, if at all, you feel like the clutch in this work has helped you navigate or process current events. Definitely. I've been thinking a lot about what would be going on if I did not have this work in my life. (laughs) It would be. Oh my, I cannot even imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I just like I'm all. I'm still mad, have needing to manage my mind because I'm a human. But I think about people who don't have these tools, and I'm like, how are they even getting up in the morning? Like, what's exactly. happening? Yeah, like curled up in a ball. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't. I don't know how you get through this kind of thing without thought work. I yeah, not. Yeah. So the first, like the processing of emotions, is key. Like, and I definitely have been spending time doing. That. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm feeling panicked right now, or I'm feeling sad, or I'm feeling a lot of fear. Like, and I notice it, and I sit with it, and then I can move on with whatever I want to do after I spent the time doing that. Yeah. So still, like, like structure has never been a big thing with our family. <laughs> so it's a bit of a struggle. So we're all working with that, but also there. I'm like, okay, so today is a day where we didn't go outside today. That's yeah. whatever. It doesn't mean that we're bad people and unhealthy and that our lives are ruined. We can figure out what, how to spend our time. We can go outside way. tomorrow if we want to. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I love that because I, one of the things I see happening a lot right now around the COVID stuff is that, of course, people are on extreme. So they're either being like, everything has to be super productive and you need to be like 
basically running a, you know, like a school and doing your best work and writing the great American novel and learning it, running a marathon or whatever at home. Right. And then the response, but then the, the contrary response is like, no, you don't need to do anything. And I'm like, Wait, maybe there's something in between where we like don't just descend into like a structureless, shapeless void of screaming and ice cream. But like also we like have grace for ourselves under unusual conditions. And we, it's like the exact thing I feel like we work on so much in the clutch because everybody with my kind of brain which is all my students are like all or nothing, right? It's like right. I had the perfect schedule. Oh, we didn't follow it. It's a disaster. Now I'm not doing anything for a week. Yes. As opposed to like how can we create some moderation, which doesn't sound exciting and sexy, but is actually the only way to like live your life without losing your mind. Right. Right. Which then the black and white thinking thing was such, was such a huge thing for me before the, before the COVID-19. And now it's like such a gift to be able to be like, okay, this is like things are happening, but we still don't have to go there. <laughs> There's totally. so many options. Yeah, it's such a strong thought pattern. My boyfriend calls me an absolutist now, and I'm like, you have no idea. This is, <laughs> I have done so much work on this. This is so much better. <laughs> okay, so we just have a couple more questions I'd like to hear from you about. Tell me a little bit how your perception of yourself has changed. Like we talked about how you talk to yourself, but like what's your concept of yourself? How has that changed? I just, I think I have so much more to offer now than I used to have. Like I, than I used to think about, like, it's, it's interesting because I used to get defensive because I took everything personally. So I would think like, oh, well, I'm good at this and I can do this, but it didn't feel good. And now I just, I feel just like open with possibility. Like I'm comfortable talking about myself and what I have to offer with people. And it, when I was a teenager, I had a little bout with depression and I had this moment where I heard a Maya Angelou quote about giving yourself permission to live. And it kind of always stuck mm -hmm. with me. I was like, why can't I just figure that out? How can I give myself permission to live? And now I feel like I have, like, I give myself full permission and I also support myself and I then can mm -hmm. give so much to others. And that I don't think I had before. I don't think I thought that I had, like the idea of contributing was important Mm -hmm. But I didn't, I didn't know what I had to contribute. And now I feel like I have a lot to contribute. Yeah, it's like we were trying to pour from an empty cup and also not believing the cup had anything valuable in it. So it was very hard to try to give it to you. were like, I have three drops of rusty water. Does anybody want it? That's what's in my cup, right? You can't really contribute. I love that. What? But, then also, but why don't you want it? Right, right. But also I'm very offended that you don't want what I just told you was three drops of rusty water. Yeah, totally. I think that I, that sort of like that feeling of open possibilities in the future, I think is so powerful, right? We get into such a like, I mean, I have, it's like I have people in their 70s saying it and then people in their 30s, right? Being like, well, I already just, I know what my life is going to be and it's over now. And like, it's too late to change anything, you know? And I think some, like, obviously this current disruption we're going through, we're not all excited about it. We didn't, we didn't necessarily wish for it, right? But in some ways, it's like such a symbol of how quickly things can change. Yeah. The whole world can change incredibly quickly, right? And maybe this isn't the change we had, we would have ordered from the menu if we were allowed to select, <laughs> right? But like so much change is possible. Like we just, because we want to feel secure, we massively underestimate how much things can change, including mm -hmm. in ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think I remember that feeling too of like when I, after I got about a year maybe into my journey, kind of, which is where you are, like a year and a half, I was sort of mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, I just kind of feel like the options are end like right. are endless, but I no longer find that paralyzing. <laughs> right? It used to be like, if I have more than two options, now I'm paralyzed because I can't pick the right one. But now it's like, it's more like in the sense of like, who knows what kind of amazing shit I'm going to be able to come up with and do. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm an, a limitless resource. Like I don't yeah. have to rely on any one thing, mm -hmm. but like, okay, well I can do this and that's okay. Like whatever happens, I, I can handle it. Like that is yes. magic. 
You're right. That's the only security there isn't a human. Like that's the only emotional security that exists is whatever comes. I know I can handle it. Right. I know I can trust myself to handle it. Yeah. And I love that what you just said about how it's all in you, right? It's all our brain. It's like of the, all the things in the world that you can invest your time and energy and resources in, like your brain is the answer to all of it. <laughs> totally. So one last question, although it's kind of a compound. I'm curious what you would say to someone who is where you started, like to your past self or someone who's where you are. Mm-hmm. What would you want to say to them? Baby steps. Like just take little baby steps, like as, as the littlest ones you can. And any move you can make away from the negativity towards compassion and acceptance is so powerful and meaningful and it's just going to point you towards who you want to be. Yeah, I love that. And I'm curious actually since I think people have different learning styles and what were the parts of the clutch that you found the most helpful for your journey? For sure the coaching calls. Like that's mm-hmm. I I have been rewatching them a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of buffering. <laughs> I mean, of all the things to buffer with, it's a pretty pretty harmless. (laughs) There's so much. And every time I watch them, I get something new out of the coaching. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, I didn't quite see that before. Mm -hmm. So the coaching calls are amazing. The community of the clutch, I think, is just really beautiful. Like, I really love the way people support each other and the way people ask good questions of each other. And that Mm -hmm. I definitely use the Facebook group a lot and spend time reading it and just really appreciate what goes on in there and the, in the intro course, I mean, I, I, I'll go through all of them. <laughs> all the elements. <laughs> I love all the parts of it. The keywords, like just all of it, but the intro course for sure. Like to, even after, I mean, like, there was some of the same material present a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Like I have, we learned the model in the creating confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, so, but just to go through it in that way and take time to do it, I think is so, so valuable really all of them, every single piece. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I was just thinking about the Facebook group. I mean, obviously I love coaching you guys. And, but um, I was, cause I'm in another Facebook group where I just was like reading a post someone made about what happened in their relationship. This is not in the clutch. And like all the comments, just a hundred percent, like validating that the other person was totally terrible and awful. And this person was perfect and genius. Right. <laughs> I was like, and like, it's like, it, it's like candy. It's like, it feels, it's going to feel good for that person for a minute, but like, they learn nothing from that, right? There's no option to like change or grow from that, right? It's just like this echo chamber of people just validating that all your thoughts are true and everything else in the world is terrible. And I was like, this is awful. I'm going back to the clutch. <laughs> I don't want to see any of this. <laughs> it's like having that community. Like I think, you know, I created it because I, that's what I wanted. Like, it's like, where can I go to talk about thought work and talk about all the things in my life with other people who are going to actually ask me good questions that make me think, not just be like, yes, magically, everything in your life is everybody else's fault. And there's (laughs) nothing that you should ever think about changing or reflecting on, like, not helpful. Yeah. It's interesting how little I talk about stuff that I do thought work on with people who are not in the clutch because I don't, I don't want the, oh, right. like, I don't. you stop wanting that feedback. Totally. It's like, yeah, you're like, I don't, please don't tell me that like, <laughs> yes, everybody else is an asshole and I'm perfect. If that was, that would be, you know, like it doesn't, I already think that and it doesn't feel good and not getting a result I want. Totally. I think those are the questions I had, but is there anything you think I should have asked you or anything else you would want to share with someone who's considering joining the clutch or thinking about taking this work deeper? Just go for it. I mean, honestly, like I can't say enough about. I, I don't. I really did not think that this kind of change was possible for me. 
Mm. I could not have imagined it. And I said that from the very beginning, like, whoa. You mean I can, like, I was like, <laughs> and that's so, like, right away. But still, every day, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, mm. this is. I did not know that I could be this for myself. I did not know that I could make decisions in this way. Like I used to get like the idea of taking responsibility for myself used to be like, so it was like, oh, I have to do it. Ew, gross. And then I'm like, because I know how now, like it's not yeah. a mystery. Like, and, and it doesn't matter if I, like there's no messing up. I just have to keep trying and working. Like it's such a load off. I feel like my mind is so much freer to think about things I want to think about. Like the amount of time I used to spend worrying and second guessing, mm -hmm. like, that was, like my brain was busy with that like 99%. Totally. When I think about the amount of time I spent either thinking about food in my body or thinking about worrying if other people were mad at me, it's actually amazing that I even got through elementary school, like right? much less everything else I did. But I could never have created like the clutch and everything I've done without having done the thought work to clean that up. I just literally would not have had brain space to do it. It's yeah. amazing what room there is when you stop doing those habits that are so, I don't like, and even like, I think I had a kind of, it was like, I know this is not serving me to worry, Yeah. but like, I don't know what to do instead. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That knowledge, that insight that it's not helping you. You're like, great. So I'm still punching myself in the face. I know it hurts, but if someone doesn't teach me how to stop, how am I going to stop? Totally. Yeah. I love that. It's like cleaning out an attic. Like you get rid of three quarters of the stuff up there and then you're like, well, look at that. There's so much room here. <laughs> and I do, th I mean, I think I had that same experience of like, oh, I didn't realize like, I just thought I couldn't be this kind of person, right? Yeah. That it was like, yeah. this is something that like other people can be. It must just be genetic or they had better parents or like whatever, right? But I can't be that kind of person. Right. So it is, it's such a gift to be like, oh, I can be any kind of person I want. Like, <laughs> and that you can't even imagine how amazing you and your life can be, mm -hmm. right? It's like you start out just wanting to be like, maybe I could be 10% less mean to myself about how terrible I truly am. <laughs> like, that's your goal, <laughs> And then a year later, you're like, oh my God, I can actually like myself and think I'm amazing? What? Yeah. <laughs> best thing in the world. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your experience thank with you us. So, so helpful. Yeah. And I cannot wait to hug you in person at Clutch College when we, yes. when we are allowed within six feet of each other <laughs> and the world has coped with this. Yes. All right. And it's a better place. I believe we're going to do good things. So at least a lot of us are going to do good things to make good change out of this. Yeah. That's our only option, right? We get to decide what to think about it no matter what. Hi, Elizabeth. I'm so excited to get to chat with you and share your story. Why don't you just tell us, well, I just said your name, but <laughs> kind of where you live, a little bit about you and what brought you to this work and to the clutch in the first place? So I'm Elizabeth. I live in Arizona right now. And right now I am a body acceptance coach. And the thing that brought me to this work and the clutch for a year before you opened the clutch, I had been trying to coach myself mm -hmm. on my own and it worked to a certain extent. And I realized like I need eyes on my problems, uh -huh. like, you know, and when you opened it, it was perfect timing because I had listened to your podcast about body image and how to love your body, how to love how you look naked and all that stuff. And I was drawn to you because you yourself are plus size. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I know I want to work on my body image. I want to learn it from someone who 
actually represents mm-hmm. a body that I have. So yeah, so I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to join for a month, see how it goes. <laughs> Let's do the body image stuff. And of course, a year later, I'm like, yeah, no, like I needed the whole time. Mm, I need, really? I needed to keep getting coached mm. ongoing. So that's kind of what led me to you just relating to you and your work pretty much. Yeah. I totally remember when I was doing this work that I felt like I was like, okay, there's people talking about body image and they're, I'm not saying obviously people have body image at any size. Of course, as a coach, I know that, right? But at the same time, I was like, well, I'd like to see some proof that you can, right, change your thoughts to be confident in a body that the rest of society is not constantly validating also, right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what your body image was like before. I love you said that you need eyes on my problem. It's like we all need eyes on our brains because you know, yeah. I get coached too. I'm like, my brain is not, it can't always coach itself. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about like what your body image and body thoughts were like before you joined the clutch. Yeah. So uh, before I joined the clutch, I was in this like cycle of shame and self-loathing. Mm-hmm. I had a regained because I had lost like 90 pounds and I had regained everything back Mm -hmm. and I was in so much disappointment because I had even told myself I'm not gonna regain the weight like Mm -hmm. this time it's for real I'm Mm -hmm. never regaining the weight and of course what happens with all diets is like you end up regaining the weight percent of people regain the weight yep yeah and I was obviously disappointed and I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. Mm -hmm. I would go in the bathroom with the lights off. I would leave the door slightly open so there was some light. (laughs) Like you're putting your teeth in the dark so you can't see. Yeah, like, exactly. Go to the bathroom, (laughs) like, avoid the mirror because I just Mm -hmm. didn't want to feel that disappointment Mm -hmm. by looking at myself. And I was also really confused because logically I knew – weight loss was not the key to my happiness, Mm -hmm. but I still hated my body. I just didn't know what other option there was. Like all I knew Mm -hmm. that was that I was uncomfortable in my own skin. There was no trust between myself and my body. Like I just Mm -hmm. wanted to get out of this self-hatred. It was just really intense. And I'm just glad when you showed up with the clutch, one of the things was like, oh, you get this workbook for free. I'm Mm -hmm. like, yes, body image, that's what I need. Mm -hmm. I was still having the thought, okay, I'm gonna lose weight, but I'm also gonna work on this. And as soon as I dug into that, I was like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) I think my journey is no longer a weight loss journey. This is a body love journey now. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing to watch. I saw that right happen as you went through like coaching you and watching your posts in the Facebook group and like the post going from like, okay, well like, let's talk about how I can love my body and change it at the same time. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like going into you being like, wait a minute. I think maybe my brain is the problem here. Like it was amazing to kind of watch you go through that in real time. Yeah, there was a yeah. cognitive dissonance. There. Yeah, totally. Like, I don't We're get like, it. I just want to, right. And that's so common, right? People are like, well, I want to love my body so I can lose weight and have it work this time. Right. I know, like yeah. You want it to be instrumental. I totally went through that too. And like, maybe that happens for some people, but often what happens is once you love your body, you're like, oh, 
There's no point. The rest of it doesn't matter. That was yeah. the whole point. That's all I wanted, right? Was yeah. to get in my body. Yeah. So tell us now that you have kind of, and of course, like we're all on ongoing journeys with this stuff, but now that your relationship to your body is so different after working on it for a year, tell us kind of what you think your, either your biggest victory is there or just what change you've seen, like what your relationship is like now with your body. Yeah. And it kind of relates to what you said about now, once you learn the acceptance of love for your body, you're like, well, then what's the point of weight loss? And before I started the body acceptance journey, I had written in a journal like, okay, what do I want from weight loss? Mm -hmm. And it had things like, I want to be confident. I want to feel strong. I want to feel sexy. I want to like wear whatever I want and not care about what people think, you know, the normal things we all want. And months later, I looked at it again. I was like, oh my God. Like, I don't even have to lose weight to have that. Like, these are things I can just create with my own brain. Those are feelings that I want. Those are thoughts that I want to believe about myself. And that was mind-blowing. Like, just the fact that I recognized it, Mm -hmm. like, I can just do that for myself. I am doing that for myself. And there's these, like, misconceptions about when you accept your body – you're going to just not care anymore. You're going to let yourself go, like whatever that means. Which is so crazy. Like <laughs> like when you love a pet, you just never feed it or walk it because you don't care. Like that's not yeah. how we are. Right? I never thought about that. <laughs> but yeah, like that is not at all what happened for me. Like I actually care about my body. I actually listen now to my body. Mm-hmm. I try to eat to feel good. And even when I eat something sweet or whatever, that's deemed bad, I don't beat myself up for it. Mm -hmm. Like there's just a lot less pressure around exercise and food. Like I move in ways that I want to now. Mm -hmm. It's so weird. Like I did a kickboxing (laughs) class and I want to do a dance workout, just things that I never thought that I would do because I was stuck in this like okay I need to run or I need to lift weights or I need to the general things just to shrink my body not to like have fun in my body totally I never ate more sugar than when I was telling myself I wasn't eating sugar (laughs) yeah because like there'd be a period where I want and then there'd be the binge whereas like now you know like I'm a where I'm out of town for a few months I'm staying with my mother because of everything that's going on in the world right now and um right and there's actually like, I brought some dark chocolate and there's actually no sugar in the house, which I realized. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, but if I were still in diet brain, that would have been like, oh good, yeah. so now I won't eat any. And then I would have ended up binging on it, right? It's so much more drama. Yeah, just yeah. using your willpower to like right. not think about it. Totally. So here's the most important question. Do you turn on the light in the bathroom now? <laughs> yeah. I do. The light is on. <laughs> the light is on. Yeah. I totally remember what that used to be like to like when you would walk past a mirror or a window, like avert your eyes, right? It was mm-hmm. like, so you wouldn't see yourself so that you wouldn't be mean to yourself. Yeah. And now that when I started doing some of the work, especially with like neutral thoughts, I had to look at myself in the mirror while I was doing right. that. At least for me, that's what I needed. And it just changed the relationship with me in the mirror because now like the morning when I would practice my thoughts in front of the mirror, now it was like this, you know, self-love pep talk. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, that is a human body. Okay. And just all these different thoughts that Mm -hmm. I added on top and it turned into this like 
Like I'm talking to myself yeah. in a nicer way now. I so love it. You have like a little different. team meeting in the mirror in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> tell me something, if there is something like unexpected or that you discovered through this work or being coached that surprised you. Just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's true. (laughs) I've heard that before. I think I've heard that before. That might be the case. (laughs) Like, I remember you were like, it's not a sign from the deep or the universe. (laughs) It's just a thought. And it helped because throughout the journey, I was still having thoughts of weight loss. Like, oh God, Mm -hmm. maybe I should shrink my arms or tighten my arms, or maybe mm-hmm. we should just eat less today. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should lose weight, like all these weight loss thoughts. And yeah. I really thought that I was doing something wrong mm-hmm. because of it. And like, I wasn't actually getting it. Mm-hmm. And then I think I posted something and you were like, okay, I still have those thoughts too, but oh. I don't see them as a problem. Mm-hmm. Like what? <laughs> Oh, okay. So then I can just redirect my mind to what I want to think. And yeah, that just blew my mind because I really thought I was doing something wrong. Totally. We have that black and white thinking where we're like, well, now I'm going to think positive thoughts about my body. So if any of those old negative ones come up, something's gone wrong. Like, no, it's just like an old train track or something that a train occasionally goes down accidentally. It's like, nope, nope. Come back over here. Wrong train tracks. Yeah, and it's like you've been thinking that for since you were what, like twelve? Right. Of course. Of course it's still there. Yeah, exactly. And I even now question it. Like, okay, Liz, like what is this really about? Like, what mm. do you think losing weight is gonna solve? And it's always something like that I can just give to myself. It's always that feeling. Moment. Yeah, yeah. It's always like yeah, it's such a good question, right? Because it's like all of our restrictive behaviors also are like attempts to solve a feeling, right? right? That's why they can be, they don't make any sense. It's like, oh, I got bad feedback at works, but I'll feel better about myself if I don't eat dinner, right? It's like, what is those things have nothing to do with each other, right? It's just a way of trying to exert control. So I'm curious, I don't know if you, where you are, how much there's been an impact from COVID and the current situation, but I'm just curious to hear how, if, if there has been, how thought work and even either in general or just kind of eating and food is coming up for a lot of people who are like sitting at home, right? Yeah. I'm kind of curious how you found thought work has impacted your experience of the current moment. Okay. So the first week I was completely anxious. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I could have anxiety so many days in a row. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I got coached by one of the coaches Mm -hmm. and I realized, okay, I, this is just something I have to feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very good at like avoiding my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just let whatever come up, come up. And I think it was maybe one of your like free coaching mm-hmm. bonus calls that you did. But I think you said something that made me think about a hundred years ago when this mm-hmm. happened, how different it is because how amazing is it that we can self-quarantine with the Mm -hmm. internet and TV and Netflix and, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to see someone who lives in another state still Mm -hmm. during a pandemic. Right. It's 
we you could you wouldn't have been able to do that a hundred years ago. I love that because I think part of what you're saying is like I think sometimes people's people have the idea that if you learn to coach yourself, then it's sort of what we were talking about before, you'll never have negative emotion again. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 right? The benefit of coaching and having a coaching community and support is of course you're still gonna lose your mind sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's less often. And then when it happens after three or four days, you're like, Oh, I should get coached maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I should maybe I should use these resources. That might help. And then you yeah. have someone there to be like, let's like reset your brain a little bit, right? Like it's the same for me. Like I might spin out for a day and then be like, I, I should maybe coach myself or like yeah. coaching. And then every time it's like, oh, that shockingly helped a lot. Who knew? It was just my thoughts all along. Yeah. And in one of the work in the workbook you created, the first step is I think like create neutral thoughts for yourself mm-hmm. and the thought that helps is like I am safe I am in my home I am healthy right now and just leaning towards gratefulness has helped me mm-hmm. a lot through this pandemic yeah I love that. <laughs> you're talking about the resiliency workbook that we have yeah for the pandemic yeah. and the clutch mm-hmm. yeah starting with that line of like okay let me just decide one thought I'm gonna think today <laughs> it's a good place to start yeah yeah so I'm curious to hear how I think a lot of people who come into this work, their relationship with themselves is not awesome, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Obviously, we're like all very, very mean to ourselves. And like you said, you had no trust with yourself in your body and there's like right. so much self-criticism. So I'm curious, like, how do you think your perception of yourself or your relationship with yourself has changed? I used to think that something was inherently wrong with me because, mm-hmm. you know, I had this perfectionist fantasy of who I was supposed to be, what I was supposed to look like. And because I wasn't doing everything that my fantasy said I should be doing, Mm -hmm. there was something wrong with me. There was a flaw. If I'm not organized enough, if I'm not following my schedule enough, if I'm not working out enough, like something is definitely wrong with me. I have no discipline. I'm lazy. I have no motivation. I really Mm -hmm. thought that meant something about me. Totally. I didn't realize... Those things are just skills in a way that you create with your own thinking. And I also pondered with the idea of like, if my weight doesn't mean anything about me, Mm -hmm. if my size doesn't mean that I'm unworthy, then maybe having dirty dishes (laughs) also doesn't mean (laughs) that you suck as a human. Right. Totally. So... I realized like, oh, okay, I'm worthy now. In this moment, I don't have to do anything at all. Following a schedule perfectly doesn't make me any better. Mm-hmm. Not following it doesn't make me worse. They're just, the worthiness just is. And obviously I still am working through different areas in my life. But I remember that when I'm feeling the pressure of doing everything perfectly it's coming from like oh wait you think that on the other side of that means that you're better that you're doing a good job but no I can feel good now like I can be proud of myself now yeah and we have to be right because then the rare occasion we do everything perfectly we still don't really feel good about ourselves for very long right so it's just a total waste of time yeah yeah So I'm curious because people have such different kind of learning and engagement styles and there's so many resources in the clutch. I'm just curious what in doing this work, like what parts of it, what like forms of coaching or resources or whatever did you like the most or find the most helpful? 
I think through the year that I've been in there, it has shifted each time, hmm. like every couple of months. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it was the Facebook group that I really mm-hmm. needed. Like I really needed a lot of other women doing the same thing mm-hmm. or similar things. We're just all working through it together. And then you added like ask a coach and Mm -hmm. that is something that I was really like, okay, now this is a component of it that is helping me right now and what Mm -hmm. I need. And of course, also watching other people get coached Mm -hmm. is really helpful because I have moments where I'm like, yeah, this does not apply to me. Like I don't have children. Mm -hmm. But then in the end, you're like, oh, you say one <laughs> sentence, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, that definitely <laughs> applies to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh God, yeah. Okay. Right, isn't that funny? We're like, well, I don't have the same circumstance, so the coaching won't apply. It's like, it's never the circumstance, right? Right. It's always our thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, all of it, I love all of it, but I guess you have something for everyone in there. If you need one thing at one point, and then you need a different thing, like it's there. Yeah, I love that. Actually, I hadn't thought of it that way, but it's like different resources. You know, you need different things at different times in your journey. Yeah. I love that. So what would you say to someone who is where you started a year ago? Like having those thoughts about themselves, like stuck in that really painful place where they're constantly thinking shitty thoughts about themselves and ruminating right. about their body and obsessed with weight loss and never can do yeah. it, right? Like what would you say to someone in that place? So it may seem like accepting your body or even loving your body is light years away and it's this big impossible thing and I believe that too. There is a moment where I was sitting down and I was like, will I ever actually love my body? Mm -hmm. And there's a thought that came up which could help whoever's listening. I realized learning to love my body or even just accept it is an act of love in and of itself. So I'm already one step closer. Mm -hmm. And our brains tend to focus on like what, how far you have to go and what's not working. But with that thought, it seemed like what was far away wasn't as far anymore. So whatever small thing you do to try to improve your relationship with your body is an act of love and you're already that much closer. I love that so much. And I think that's what thought work is too, right? Like it's an act of love. Like investing in yourself is an act of love because part of what we're all doing is constantly diminishing and dismissing ourselves, right? And thinking like that we can't change or we're not worth it or we should care about other things. And like focusing on that relationship with yourself, like what's more an act of love than getting to know yourself and caring about your own experience, right? Yeah. And like making the most of your one life that you have. Yeah. So good. And, and I think like with that thought, it helped me believe like, oh, I am already loving myself. Mm-hmm. I am in it. The possibility is there. So yeah, I love that. It's like, it's already happening. It's not yes. just this future thing. Yeah. Some distant thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a practice, right? Like loving ourselves is a practice. It's not like we ascend to heaven at a certain point, like hate, hate, hate. And then we love it, right? It's like a practice of loving it every day or learning, right? First accepting, then liking, then loving, however we have to do it. Yes. I love that. When you're such a beautiful example of how that's possible when you're willing to put in the work and keep going, 
and like sometimes be confused and sometimes forget you're supposed to be doing the work and then come back. <laughs> yeah, to it, all right? the time. All of us, all of us. That's what's so beautiful about the practice, right? It's like coming to yoga and thinking like, should be able to do like the most complicated things right away. Like, no, it's a practice over time. Yeah, I've had to revisit the same things of course. so many times until it really sunk in. Yeah, but then when you, and it feels like one little step, but then when you look back, you're like, oh my God, each of those little steps, look how far I am from where I started. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. Yeah. Well, thank you for this work. It has truly been life-changing and loving my body at its highest weight was something I never even thought it was in the realm of like possibility. It never even seemed like an option. Totally. So now it's like, wow, I really did something that I believed was impossible at one point. Does that feel so good? Blow yeah. your mind. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And and I used to think it like I had to do that with money or something. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I can do it on my relationship with my body, with myself. And yeah. it's amazing. So good. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, y'all. How amazing were those interviews? And how inspiring are Bessie and Elizabeth? I think such examples of what is possible with thought work and What I love about both of them is how much their relationship with themselves has changed, right? Not just their parenting, not just their body image, but the way that they talk to themselves, the way that they are able to show up for themselves, and the way that they are able to have their own back. I think they're both examples of my whole purpose in creating The Clutch, in creating a group where women learn to coach themselves and then are all allowed to coach each other, which I don't know if you guys have ever, you know, some of you may have participated in other coaching programs or communities. It's pretty unusual, actually, to just <laughs> let everyone coach each other because it's like glorious, messy chaos. But to me, like, especially from my feminist background, that's everything, right? Teaching women how to coach themselves so that they can go out and support and coach each other and their children and their partners and their friends and their, you know, employees or their managers, right? All the people in their lives so that they can hold space better, be an example of what's possible, spread this work. That is my mission. That's what I think thought work is about, right? It's about liberation from the inside out. And so the more widely that my students are able to share this work, the better. So if you listen to this and you thought, oh, it's when, from when Harry met Sally at the end of the diner scene where she's, where I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, but Sally, Meg Ryan uh, fakes an orgasm in a diner and then this older woman at another table says, I'll have what she's having. If that's how you felt about the mind orgasms of this episode, I want you to come and join the clutch and be part of our amazing second year. And Just for these couple of weeks, this week and next week when these episodes come out, we have an awesome bonus when you join. We have put together a bonus podcast roadmap that helps you get so much more out of the first couple of weeks of The Clutch. When you join, you go through a self-coaching course that teaches you how to coach yourself. It teaches you how to process your emotions, how to use the coaching model that you hear me talk about to identify and change your thoughts. Those are like the basic tools we need to attack anything more advanced, anything fancier. It's like the basic steps of the dance. And so we've put together a bonus podcast roadmap that walks you through different podcast episodes to supplement that course and take the work deeper. It was one of the things that we often hear is that 
people want to have extra support and extra learning, extra immersion when they're doing that sort of first couple of weeks of work and really learning it. And there's so much goodness in the podcast, but people don't know how to relate the two of them. So we have created this podcast roadmap that tells you exactly what episodes from the podcast to listen to each week of the first five weeks of your of your membership in the clutch to help you get the most out of each of those weeks and overall to help you internalize that self-coaching work so much deeper and really understand it on a deeper level and be able to do it better and faster, right? (laughs) What's better than better and faster? So that is on offer right now, this week and next week when you join. I think it's going to be hugely helpful. If you're already in the clutch, don't worry. Of course, I always give you everything, (laughs) all the bonuses we ever offer anyone else. You always get once you're in. And so that's already in the membership site. And so if you're in the middle of the intro course, or even if you finished it, but you want to take a look at it, that's already there for you. But if you're new, that will really help you. And I know a lot of us are home right now <laughs> and could use some mind management. So this is really the perfect time. You can go to unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash the clutch and sign up, or you can text your email address to plus one three four seven. It's plus one, three, four, seven, nine, three, four, eight, eight, six, one. You will get a link to all the info about the clutch. And then when you join that bonus podcast roadmap that you can use each week along with the intro course to boost your learning will be available to you in the membership site when you sign in. I cannot wait to see you there. If you're loving what you're learning in the podcast, you have got to come check out the clutch. The Clutch is my feminist coaching community for all things Unfuck Your Brain. It's where you can get individual help applying all these concepts I teach to your own life and learning how to do thought work to blow your own mind. It's where you can learn new coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will change your life even more. It's where you can hang out and connect over all things thought work with other podcast chickens just like you and me my favorite place on earth and it will change everything. I guarantee it. Come join us at www.unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash the clutch. Or you can just text your email address to 347-934-8861. If you text your email address to that number, we'll text you right back with a link to check out everything you need to know about the clutch. 347-934-8861. Or again, just go online to www.unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash the clutch. I cannot wait to see you there.